Welcome to ConExpo ConAg Radio, brought to you by the Association of Equipment Manufacturers with your host, Peggy Smedley. This is ConExpo ConAg Radio, brought to you by the Association of Equipment Manufacturers. I'm your host, Peggy Smedley. Last year, the FAA changed its rules on drone use, and now the construction industry has the ability to fly drones for work and even business. So this opens up these new opportunities to leverage endless amounts of data. But you think about it, there's still a lot to take into consideration. So how do you get started? So this is what we're going to talk about today with these new rules. What does your company need to be aware of, and how do you train your staff? So what do the FAA regulations really say, and how can you keep your employees from getting into serious trouble when they fly a drone? So today, I'm going to be joined by someone who's smarter than I and who will get us into the heart of the matter when it comes to flying a drone. So he knows exactly what these new regs mean and how to keep you kind of staying on the right path when you're in the sky. So my guest today is involved with executive leadership, product management, development, and even market strategy. He has 20 years of expertise of turning ideas into execution, and he's an expert in the area of drones. So he's also spent time with President Trump, giving him, I'd say, a bird's eye view of how drones are changing our world. So please join me in welcoming George Matthew, who is the chairman and CEO of Kespri. George, welcome to the show. Hi, Peggy. It's a pleasure. Glad to be here. So, George, you know, you and I have spent so much time now talking about drones. I feel like we've done this so much. We're like old hat. We're having coffee together doing this. So uh, let's talk about it. You know, you've, you've met with the president, but we're going to talk about that in a second. But first, let's start about what Let's get to the heart of it. What do the FAA regulations really say, and what do contractors still need to be careful of? Because I want to get to the heart of that first, and then I'm going to leave everyone go, he met with the president. That's so exciting. But really, I want to get to the heart of the whole discussion of what all these kind of FAA regulations and what do we really need to think about? Because that's really the most important part, I think. Right. So, Peggy, thank you again for having me on the show. As far as Part 107, which is the current regulatory law of the land, which is the FAA Part 107 to be precise, it really only has three parts to it. The part that indicates where a drone can be flown is that it has to remain below 400 feet of airspace. So that's part one of the Part 107 regulation. The second item is that you have to ensure that the drone stays within line of sight. So as an operator that might be in a construction site or a mining location or looking at a roof replacement, in all cases, the drone has to effectively be within line of sight, within the operational purview of the person that's effectively on the ground that is operating the drone as a pilot. And the third piece is that you have to pass the Part 107 pilot's exam. And the Part 107 pilot's exam is effectively a 60-question multiple-choice exam, which looks very similar to the driver's, the written portion of the driver's exam. And so in that regard, doing the proper studying and getting ready for the Part 107 will take you about several hours of studying to be prepared for this 60-question 60 60 exam uh, will really get you in the right mindset to, of course, be commercially flying drones in the United States. So as long as you have those three things in mind, that you're flying below 400 feet of airspace, that you maintain visual line of sight to your drone, and then, of course, you pass the Part 107 exam, 
you can commercially fly a drone in the United States. Now, let me just say this. That part about flying a drone sounds a lot easier than it really is. And I think that's the challenging part because I think people get lost in that, that saying, well, I could find that drone. You really better know what you're doing because you can get your company in a heck of a lot of trouble. Isn't that correct? That's correct. And this is where I think we have to separate the use of a drone from a hobbyist and someone who's interested in what a drone can do for you on a personal basis versus commercially flying a professional set of use cases where you might want to use that drone, say, for instance, for topological analysis at a construction site or being able to do volumetric calculations related to how much material or stockpiles that you have. And in this case, we at Caspery have always had a specific view, which is that we want to take the guesswork and the chances of running into issues with the you know complication and sophistication of flying a drone out of the hands of you know that day-to-day operations work that's that's underway. So we certainly want you to understand what the mechanics are to flying a drone, being of course Part 107 certified. But then we provide a fully autonomous solution where you're literally drawing um, the area of coverage that you want to with a geofence on an iPad by using your fingers to draw the area and asset that you want to cover, and that literally you're pushing a button and the drone is autonomously doing the work that's necessary. So in the world of commercial drones, you have multiple choices, right? You certainly can fly a drone and become an expert as a pilot, and certainly many people who are listening to this podcast have had experience doing that. And then others who really just need to collect the data on a consistent, reliable basis may not want to fly themselves. They might want to have something a little bit more autonomous that does the work on their behalf. And certainly that's where Caspery is most beneficial to our customers. So so let's talk about that because I'm going to now talk about your meeting with in June with President Trump because you helped him and, and along with others helped the president understand the advancements of technology and the importance of why drones have a value in what we're doing along with other technologies. And that's what we're going to talk about today because I think it's important of understanding how are we using this technology in a whole host of things, but why it's so important in, t- in construction. So let's talk about that because you helped the president understand what drones are used for. And that's the same idea that we want to talk about construction is, you know, while we think they're really cool toys and we all get excited when we see a drone, there's some really important things that drones do when we talk about inspections and safety and things. So let's talk about how you help the president understand the value of where drones are in our lives and business today and work and business. Sure. So just a few weeks back, I had a chance to spend several hours with the administration and specifically with President Trump regarding the use of drones, particularly for these commercial and industrial use cases. It turns out that the president was very interested in hearing how drones was being, were being used as a construction site in a mining aggregates operation. In the case of this administration in specific, we had an opportunity to really help set some of the policy that was necessary to advance the commercial use of drones. So really, the morning was spent with the rest of the administration really focused on the policy work. And so the policy work entails, one, helping automate the use of the Part 107 process that's in place to enable the waiver that are necessary to fly beyond Class G airspace. So when you are flying 
your Kestri drone or any other drone in the market uh, with the Part 107 certification, you have to effectively fly in Class G airspace. If you wanted to fly outside of Class G airspace in any restricted area, you have to get a waiver. That waiver process today, Peggy, is 30 days of a manual process to get a waiver, and sometimes that can extend as much as 90 days. And so we were working with the administration to help figure out how to automate that waiver process so it's more instantaneous than a manual 30 to 90-day effort that it takes to get a waiver to fly beyond Class G airspace. Second piece of the conversation with the administration was how do we see technology advancements for when there are lots of drones flying in the air, where there's pilots, where there's autonomous solutions like Caspery's are all simultaneously flying. How do we deconflict the airspace below 400 feet to ensure that you know, no drones are going to, for instance, run into each other. And so there's technology that's about the unmanned traffic management and specifically the unmanned traffic management system that the FAA and NASA are working on together as we speak. And so the second part of the conversation was really focused on this idea of how do we advance forward the technology to deconflict the airspace. The third piece of the conversation with the administration was around safety and security because there's natural challenges and opportunities when there's a flying robot like uh, you know, the drone that a pilot is either controlling or is autonomously being flown that could lead to all kinds of safety and security issues, both in our homeland and abroad. And so we had an opportunity to work through some situations and use cases where we can properly protect the airspace uh, from potential bad actors that might come into the mix. So those were the three topics that we covered in detail with the administration. And then I had a personal chance to spend time with President Trump really indicating how the Kestri drone was being used by all kinds of construction companies, mining aggregates companies throughout the country. And in fact, we ended up bringing John Davenport from Whittakin Construction, and he had an opportunity to show and highlight his use case of the Kestri drone for the construction work within his firm. So it was a wonderful opportunity to not only spend time with the administration in terms of indicating the advancements of drones within the context of construction, mining, and aggregates use cases, but it was also a great opportunity to set the right policy as the country continues to push forward on the use of drones for commercial purposes. And when we look at that, and you just talked about those three key points, you talked about technology, you know, unmanned traffic system, and then we talk about the, you know, bad actors when we're talking about safety and security. And those are things that weigh heavily when the construction industry is looking about, do I really want to make that move, looking at the idea of drones? And we look at those and we think about a robot in the sky. How are we advancing? Are we getting to the point that are we moving fast enough to understand the value of drones for construction? I mean, the idea of being in front of President Trump certainly elevates the discussion, gets the industry excited in construction and mining and says, boy, I really need to do this. But is it enough for the construction industry to say, look, I see the inspections, I see the things, but yet there's still this idea that I better have the right guy or gal using these things because there's a lot of uncertainty about, you know, there's, as you just said, there's a lot of bad actors out there and we heard about it, you know, now everything, you know, their bad actors are hacking in all kinds of things, right? Well, in the case of the construction industry, it's very clear that the benefits far outweigh any concerns, at least in how that industry is continuing to evolve. If you look at it today, Peggy, there's at least two very clear use cases where 
drones are appropriately used for construction. One is what you call that effectively, right, which is like visual inspections, being able to use the drone in very unsafe environments where you might want not want to have someone manually climb a specific asset to uh, manually inspect it versus having the drone do that uh, on behalf of the user. The other, frankly, is when it comes to projects that are concerning earthworks. So the earthworks projects, as you well know, are ones where pre-construction building site, you want to make sure that the leveling, the grading associated with a specific construction site is well understood before a building project starts. It turns out some of the biggest challenges in terms of getting that construction site correct is related to the leveling and grading, right? If you don't get those key topological analyses in place to get the leveling and grading right, it turns out that buildings have a tendency to lean, buildings have a tendency to sink into the ground, and we've heard plenty of scenarios where you know things have gone bad from an earthworks perspective. So one of the real benefits of a drone, and specifically a high-precision drone like Hesperi's, is that we can create a full topological analysis that's hyper-accurate within three centimeters of real space. So it turns out that getting that level of accuracy is in place is a big game changer in the construction space and specifically the earthworks projects that are surrounding construction projects. When we accomplished that, by the way, um, for our customer base, John Deere was so excited with the work that we've done that they're literally now reselling the Kesbury drone, which I think I had an opportunity to mention to you a few months back when I was visiting. But literally, we do see a lot of benefit. Uh, not only in, in, in earthworks, but also just general visual inspection and matching the data that's coming off the drone to the BIM itself on a construction project, uh, all to be aligned with the use of a drone very actively through the life cycle of a construction effort. So when you look at all of these right now, what about the idea that we have to take this a step farther? And I know Kespri does a lot that you just described, but we do we need to really start thinking about how... What needs to be involved in training our staff with these, or do we need to really just look at this from what you just described from an earthworks perspective or a digital inspections perspective to training our staff? How do we have to think about drones? You know, I mean, because we look at this, Congress defines it as a model aircraft, you know, as an unmanned aircraft system. How does the construction industry need to be thinking about the actual use of a drone? I mean, what's the mindset you need to be thinking about when you apply this technology and all the other things you're doing? It's kind of an interesting discussion, right? Right. So the way I look at it right now is the drone itself is the new sensor network. As you need more data collected as part of your construction effort, whether that be the earthworks, whether that be building up a visual inspection related to an existing construction project of building that's in place from a maintenance standpoint, whether that be matching the data that's related to BIM as a new construction project emerges. In all of these cases, this is the new sensor network that's giving you all kinds of visibility into how that project is proceeding or that asset is being maintained over time. In that regard, I almost view this as the future work, because if you think about the way construction has continued to evolve from a technology standpoint, this is a very natural tool that supports the rest of the tools that are being used on a consistent basis through the life cycle of a construction project. And so 
what I give advice to most of the construction customers that we serve and, of course, the folks that are the individuals that are on the ground that are working with tools like Hesperys and perhaps even other drones is that this is a natural form of evolution for how construction work is accomplished. And most of the folks that have been using other tools in their past in terms of you know, even tools like survey-grade equipment, uh, GPS backpacks, this is an opportunity to have a level of detail that is unprecedented to just have much more confidence and accuracy in terms of how you deliver the full life cycle of your construction projects and efforts. So you just described the advice, but when we look at that, you say this is that next thing. It's a sensor network. This is the advice that you're giving them to think about. Is that the way when they're thinking about how they need to think about the future is saying, how how would you have them saying, how do they start? Do they start thinking about it in a small sense with their sensors in a, to just get started? Is there a way to, to get involved in the in a drone at a job site? How do they begin that world of connecting their 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 sites, everything they're doing? Where do they begin? Yeah, yeah well, I always give advice that you don't want to go into these things without having some ability to test the waters and have some experience and to push forward with those initial learnings and success and to keep advancing forward on the available use cases that you have in front of you. So generally speaking, there is a level of understanding in many larger construction projects that a drone can be effective for ongoing visual inspection. I think that's a great starting point. If you are manually flying a drone and you're effectively over a construction site and you want to get a visual inspection of, say, for instance, uh, progress to date, you have that ability to very naturally collect the information that's coming up, the high-resolution camera that's available in most prosumer and commercial drones. What I tend to give advice on is that's just a great initial starting point. Once you start to fly in a regular basis, you can get all kinds of additional information reasonably collected. The reason why the Kespri solution in particular is well regarded inside of construction and, and more broadly just mining and aggregates operations, but certainly on construction sites, is that we have an ability to take that guesswork out of the hands of the day-to-day person that's responsible for collecting information. So in this case of Kespri, we can have a fully autonomous solution where you don't have to worry about the, the complications that are invariably involved with flying a drone, and specifically flying a drone on a busy construction site. This can be literally built in a way where you push a button and there's full autonomy there's full collision detection built into the solution so that all those challenges that naturally emerge as you consistently fly over a busy construction site can be avoided with having a more autonomous solution. But either way, my point is that getting started, collecting a little bit of data, just being aware, getting your Part 107 you know, certification so you know how to effectively do this, whether you're flying manually or with an autonomous solution, those are the initial steps that you can obviously take to see what the opportunity is a drone for you know, your specific project or more broadly your specific organization that has multiple projects underway. Uh, we see this across the country. There are thousands of operators now 
uh, that are on site at construction locations doing these use cases that I just mentioned. And we always see that growing for the foreseeable future. Are there use cases that you can talk about that you've seen the capture of data changing the way they're able to do things that they never thought possible? I mean, that you said that they've shared with you and said, look, we've been able to see and capture information that we've never been able to do previously. Yeah, so I, I'd say two use cases, of, and I'm assuming you're asking the question specifically when the drone is involved in a construction site. Yes. So I'll answer that uh, in, in two uh, situations we've seen. In Earthworks, it is an absolute game changer when you can create a hyper-accurate level of topological analysis on a site to do leveling and grading work where that accuracy of the topology is within three centimeters of real space, um, and you're actually collecting, call it, tens of thousands, perhaps even hundreds of thousands of data points by imagery converted through photogrammetry into a synthetic three-dimensional model. That's a massive game changer in any topological analysis because if you consider what the alternative is, you're literally taking, you know, 30, 40, 100 data points that might come from a piece of uh, survey-grade equipment, whether it be a precision laser-guided you know, survey equipment or a GPS backpack, ultimately you get accuracy, but you don't collect as many data points in comparison to a full topological analysis that a drone can actually deliver. So having that level of confidence in the accuracy of your data, particularly for an Earthworks project, has been a very significant game changer, at least for the construction companies that we serve to date for the Earthworks specific use case. It also turns out that the drone can be used to effectively create ongoing progress-related three-dimensional models where as a construction project is building up, you can have an overlay of how the construction project is proceeding and compare that directly against the BIM that's already been created. And so we literally see customers today take models that are created in Casper and other similar solutions and literally output the uh, the model from, you know, the, the cloud infrastructure in the case of Casper or other solutions where they're deriving that data into a, um, a CAD model that is really, really used as output to AutoCAD or similar, you know, forms of CAD software that are effectively storing the BIM itself. So having that portability of data that comes out of a solution where the drone's delivering this on a reliable basis and giving you a consistent output really gets an opportunity to compare how the progress on a worksite is proceeding according to plan and what are sort of usual and ordinary changes that continue to occur on a worksite and have that comp in comparison to the bin that you, you know, effectively created prior to the construction project starting. So in both of these use cases, it's really about information being more relevant and timely to make better decisions as far as construction project goes. The first one being Earthworks and the other, of course, being the comparison back to the BIM. Those are the two big things that I see today with uh, drones on a consistent basis, at least in the customers that we served across several uh, major construction projects and, and quite a few construction firms. So we've talked about where it is now. Where do you see drones going for construction? Where's the future headed? I think there's a big opportunity, uh, particularly when it comes to sort of inspection. I think this area is uh, an area that will continue to evolve in the future as you continue to see more sensors being incorporated into the drone. Think about T 
heat sensors, humidity sensors, IR-based sensors being incorporated in to naturally do inspections to understand where, for instance, leaks are occurring on a commercial roof. You can certainly do that in a level of accuracy that you just could not do without, you know, climbing that roof and manually inspecting where that, you know, sort of leak might be occurring where the drone can can autonomously deliver that solution, at least in the Casper case. And then, you know, if you're manually flying, you can still have the right sensors on the drone to manually understand where there might be a challenge on a specific asset like a roof. So we tend to see the evolution of the drone being more about this continuous use where a drone's always flying, collecting news forms of information, whether that be early in a construction project around earthworks, whether that be a BIM overlay while a building is being built, or even a continuous inspection after the asset is, is fully functional. And so I just kind of see this as a very natural life cycle of how drones are just an essential part of commercial work, and specifically, you know, in the construction world. And so we can't be more delighted just to be a company that's really serving our customers to create that future as we speak. Well, George, we enjoyed all the time that you spent with us today. Thank you so much. Thank you, Peggy. It's always a pleasure and looking forward to continuing the conversation. All right. All right, listeners, we spent some time today with George Matthew, who's the chairman and CEO of Kespri. And you can see the use of drones is truly growing very rapidly. In fact, uh, some numbers show that Goldman Sachs Research even forecasts between now and 2020, it will be a $100 billion market opportunity. Can you believe that's crazy? So construction is certainly one that will benefit. And drones and unmanned aerial vehicles will make your job sites safer and even probably more productive. So it'll no doubt streamline that flow of data between the job site and the office. So simply, it's a matter of identifying how to do it and the safest manner possible. So Kespri and other drone companies are working hard to help the construction industry find ways to be safer as well as successful when it comes to mapping and analyzing key data at your job site. So I really enjoyed that conversation. So thanks for listening to today's podcast. And you can visit AEM at www. Uh, AEM.org, or you can visit uh, www.conexpoconag.com to read the latest content. So thanks for tuning in to ConExpo ConAg Radio, brought to you by the Association of Equipment Manufacturers.